0: Agnostics, long short the government, the government, the government, the government,
1: Welcome to The Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Trey Orndorff, a political scientist at Oklahoma Christian University, and I'm joined by the professor of law at Chase Law School, Ken Katkin. Ken, welcome to The Midweek Show. Hey, it's great to be back. Okay, I'm. I'm just going to be honest with you about this, right? I cheated on you, Ken, and I'm sorry about that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you you went out with Jay while I was gone. <laughs> I went out. You were gone. I went out with Jay. You know, and it just didn't it didn't work out. And so I'm back with you. I hope you'll have me back. No, I mean, we. Te- I'm teasing a little bit, but in, in yeah, all yeah. honesty, it was weird doing you know our constitution through with somebody else. And so I'm glad to have you back. You know, so last time we got to finish up Article Two, so it was kind of weird doing that with that with you. But now we're going to do three weeks in a row. So we're going to go through, uh, I think we're going to easily get through uh, Article 3 of the Constitution before we have to hand the reins back to anybody.
0: Yeah, yeah we're doing three weeks in a row. We will get through Article 3, absolutely.
1: So what we're going to start with, just like we always do, is well, I'll read that portion of the Constitution. We'll We're going to talk about it and try to set it up. And I will say, again, just as a reminder, if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, you know, you may want to go back and listen to those other, art, you know, the other articles and especially our overview of the Constitution uh, way back at the beginning of the year when we began this enterprise. Um, and because Article 3, and, and we'll bring some context into it, uh, it, it's one where you really need some context. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and as we read along, I think you'll, you'll get this. So here, let's start by reading Article 3, Section 1 uh, of the Constitution. The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges, both of the Supreme and inferior courts, shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall, as stated times, receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office. So, We get a lot of things happening here, uh, Ken. Now, one thing to keep in mind is, is, unlike in Articles 1 and in Article 2, now, obviously to differing degrees, Article 2, as we've already talked about, doesn't shape up the presidency quite the same way as we see Congress shaped out. But the framers don't even attempt to shape out the federal court system. Uh, as a matter of fact they leave that to the first congress and that is one of the first things congress is going to do in 1789 uh, kind of the year the, the new government got going and that was to set up a federal judiciary which include a supreme the supreme court which is says to exist of course back then that's they had six judges now today we have a three level federal court system trial courts courts of appeal and then the the uh, the supreme court totaling somewhere in the vicinity of about 800 uh, uh, judges. But, you know, all of those judges and the justices of the Supreme Court are all appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. And so a lot of scholars see this as being kind of a compromise position, right? We're going to have a Supreme Court. It's going to have judicial power uh, because the federal government needs this. It's one of the things that was lacking under the Articles of Confederation. But let's not put it into the Constitution precisely what that's going to look like. Because that might strike some as being a step too far. Um, so you know that that's kind of the way I have always viewed this kind of unique circumstance we find in Section One, which is okay. We're going to vest the Supreme Court with this power, but we're not going to set up the entire court system.
0: Yeah, I mean there there were reasons for that. Um, you know there were there were no there was no federal judiciary under the Articles of Confederation, which was the, the prior constitution, and there was no federal judiciary under the Articles of Association, which was the first uh, provisional constitution. Um, and there were arguments on both sides about whether there should or shouldn't be a, a federal judiciary. And they, they actually tracked or mirrored a lot of the arguments you would hear today, right? So the, the proponents of a federal judiciary were saying, well, if we're going to have federal law, we need to have a, a, a judiciary that's capable of giving... Uh, uniform, national, correct uh, interpretations of federal law. And if we only rely on state courts to to interpret and enforce federal law, then the different state courts will interpret it differently from each other, and so we won't really have federal law, or we at least won't have uniform federal law. So that was the argument from the proponents of a federal judiciary. The um, opponents of a, of a federal judiciary said that um, you'd basically have these um, activist judges who weren't uh, politically accountable to anybody, and who would be, um, you know, under the supremacy clause, um, in a position. Um, to enter judgments that would um, could wreak havoc with the states and that wouldn't be popular in the states, and there'd be nothing that can be done about that, and you'd have all the apparatus of the federal government um, to enforce those judgments, and so it would be a kind of an undemocratic um, thing and a and a nationalizing thing that that really was undesirable. So, with with those um, debates um, at the Constitutional Convention. They needed to get the Constitution done. They never really could resolve that. And so they they really punted it. And I think that's the best way to look at this language is um, they they just um they could agree on the idea that there would be uh, one Supreme Court. Um, but as to whether that would be the only federal court or, or whether there'd be other federal courts lower than the Supreme Court, um, they left that. They just punted that into the future. Congress would have to decide that in the future. And they really didn't say much even about the, the, the composition of the court. And you, you mentioned that the, the first Congress decided by statute that there would be six justices. That number did fluctuate a lot mm-hmm. um, from, mm-hmm. from six to ten um, and then back down to nine. Um, right after the Civil War, and then and then it stabilized at nine um, in the in 1870s or 80s, and, and that's the number we've had since. But that's only established also by statute. So I think um, the the yeah the the, the framers just um, there was only so much time they were willing to invest in resolving um, what what's the appropriate role of a federal judiciary in American life, and in the end they just punted it rather than resolving it.
1: And, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because one of the things, and this is actually where I have some sympathy for those on the left, right? Uh, You know, the left have recently said, look, you know, we may need to make changes to the Supreme Court. And oftentimes kind of the response to that is, how dare you, you know, make changes to the Constitution? And, of course, the answer is there's nothing constitutional about having nine guys, right? (laughs) I mean that generically, right? Uh, and, and And I think that's one of the things I like about what we've been doing as we go through the Constitution uh and you know, i i know that you're doing law students and i'm doing undergraduates uh but for me there is oftentimes a big disconnect between what people think is a part of the constitution and what just happens to be the long standing practices that kind of surround the constitution
0: yeah the, the text of the, of article 3 and we're starting with just the first sentence but we're going to see this again and again um gives the other branches a lot of control over a lot of aspects of the judicial branch. And I think in our in our modern culture, um, we think more about the Supreme Court as a, a an independent branch that really can't be tampered with by um, by, by the Congress or the President. And the, the text says the opposite. Um, in many ways, you know, just starting here, there, there doesn't even have to be any lower federal judges. I was telling you in today's regular show uh, how I thought um, Judge Doty's opinion in the social media case was, right. was corrupt. You know, if Congress thought that they could eliminate that seat. Now, th- now for reasons we'll see that they, they can't get rid of him. Uh, once he's on there, he's got lifetime tenure. But um, but they don't have to ever let anyone else have that seat again. Um, so all these questions about, you know, where are there going to be lower courts? How, 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 how many are there going to be? Um, you know, th- that's all. Subject to um, ongoing uh, control and supervision by Congress, and it was a, it was definitely an open possibility right on day one that the a lower federal judiciary would prove to be too controversial, and they just wouldn't create it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a foregone conclusion that they would, and that's
1: why the Constitution doesn't actually require it. Well, even after it's uh, created, one of the things that kind of hard for us to uh, fathom a number of individuals turn down appointments to the Supreme Court because they wanted to go to their own state courts and be justices because they saw those as being the, the better positions.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, we'll get to the fact that the Supreme Court only has appellate jurisdiction, but that's, that's part of the issue there, too, that cases can only come up to the U.S. Supreme Court from somewhere. So if there's no um, lower federal courts, then the only place that um, cases could come up to the U.S. Supreme Court from would be um, State supreme courts, but as as it happened, we got uh, we did get did did get lower federal courts, but state state supreme courts certainly had a very prominent role. Um, in American life in the early Republic, and The Supreme Court, I mean, another sort of metaphor for what you just said, it didn't get its own building um, until the 20th century. You
1: know, that's that's more (laughs) recent, that is (laughs) recent. Let's talk some more about that actually, Ken. But before we do, I'm gonna have to pause us because this is gonna come to the end of our ad supported preview. So if you'd like to continue in on this conversation uh, with myself and with Ken, we would love for you to be a part of that conversation. And to do that, you're going to become a member of the politics guys. And supporters, you don't just get to hear the end of this show. There's all kinds of additional fun things. Like I was mentioning at the beginning, we've been doing this for a while. You get access to all of our supporter shows. So you can go back and start with Ken and myself uh, with the overview of the Constitution, go through the articles of the Constitution with us and continue with us. We would love for you to do that. There's other kinds of perks you get as well. Things like interacting with us on Discord. Uh, and the ability to be a part of our uh, uh, Slack group, there's lots of opportunities. And if you want to find out about that, I really encourage you to head to patreon.com slash politics, guys. And if you just want to dip your toe into the water, I suggest you start by just clicking on the level of support uh, that gets you access to the bonus show. So you can just finish listening to us. And bonus, you get to listen to us ad-free. So you'll get that and you'll get the ad-free version of the weekend show. So if you head to patreon.com slash politics, guys, you're going to see the different levels of support there. Just click on the level support so that you can have access to the bonus show and ad-free versions of the show. And boom, you can finish listening to this and you'll never have to hear me say this again. Uh, So if you'd like to support the show in a different way, there's other ways you can do it as well and get access to this bonus show. Uh, this exclusive listener's show, that's uh, One Way is Venmo, where we're at Politics Guys. You can also get our exclusive uh, supporter show by uh, via PayPal. All of those support links are in the show notes. But if you'd like to do it via a browser, just head to politicsguys.com slash support. Again, I'd love for you to continue this conversation with us by heading to patreon.com slash politicsguys or politicsguys.com support or just head on down there to the notes and click on the one you like best. Now, if you'd like to get the rest of our uh, supporters exclusive show, uh, but you're not in a position to do that financially, don't forget you can always reach out to Mike at politicsguys.com, talk to him, and we can get you set up. Now, if you've got some kind of question, uh, comment or correction or gripe, don't forget you can always email us at mail at politicsguys.com we're also on Facebook and Twitter, where you can continue to join in the conversation. You're going to find all those links in the show notes. Again, head to patreon.com slash politicsguys and support the show to finish up this Constitution show and the others with myself and Ken. The executive producers of the Politics Guys are Bruce Johnson, Will Marino, Andra Masker, Daniel Toe, Ryan Beasley, Don Oglesby, and Ivan English. Hope to see you this weekend.